the whole world gone crazy! Just please, go nuts. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? I mean, really, explore the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm good in it. Mmm, give me another shot of that shit. With the uh, the song, you want to hear it again? Fuck yeah, I fuck do. Yeah, fuck I it. Love it. Fuck it, dude. Hey, let's just play it a second time. Fuck it. I mean, yeah, explore the space. There we go. Yeah, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another one. Welcome again to a second, for the second time today, for the third episode, second time we played the intro, for the third episode. Welcome back to another episode of Beautiful Animal Podcast, starring my good friend here, Tyler James Cole. Hey, that's me, Tyler Cole. And this is my other fucking friend over here, his name's Andy Posh. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Here we are, man. Here we are. And as soon as I chug this, we can crack those and we really get into the meat of the matter. Hell yeah. Yeah. The matter of the meat. Yeah. So I, yesterday I was driving home from work. Yeah. And there was a ladder in the middle of the road. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, fuck. How big? How many feet? That's a six footer. Oh, fuck Pretty yeah. Pretty solid little ladder. I was driving and I almost hit it. I'm like, it's a nice looking ladder. Yeah. Just turn around and give it. So I flipped one. Yeah. Then I flipped one again because I had to turn around because it was a bit busy road. Mm. And I pulled, and I'm like, Going up at it, and then some other guy pulled over. And Uh-oh. he was, I'm like, this fucking guy's stealing my ladder. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, he got it. I'm not the only pro shoulder shopper around here. Yeah. So then, uh, <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah. I've never heard that before. Getting I like that. free shit off the side of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got all road kinds cut. of ratchet straps that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I look in my mirror after I pass him, and he's just throwing it on the side of the road. He's just. Oh, he's just being a good Samaritan. Yeah. He's not looting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! You loot so all I, the time. So I flipped around a second time or a third time, I guess. Nice to go grab it. Did you get it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Pretty solid uh, little six footer. Hell yeah! Is it a burner? It's a little dinged up from falling off a truck, but yeah. I think well, it's uh, whatever. Yeah, it's still sound, I'm sure. <laughs> all right, let's crack these bitches. Oh yeah, bitches. Oh so yeah. Another beautiful day. Another lovely guest. <laughs> Cheers to our beautiful listeners. I got a fruit punch flavor here. The most powerful animals of all. I got acai berry. Those ones we drank last week were fucked. Or on Sunday. Which ones did we drink on Sunday? The YouTube. Oh, the ones, ones you brought? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what kept you up all night, huh? I couldn't get to fucking sleep till like 2 o'clock. I was just laying there. I didn't like those ones. Mm. These ones are all natural. I'm proud we are of all of them. Did you notice I straightened out that photo? Oh, I did not. Yeah. You mean this one? No. <laughs> I didn't straighten that one. Okay. That's next week. Yeah, that's next week. <laughs> straighten out that one because it's a picture of a ship. Yeah. And we're talking about ships. Well, I thought we were about, I thought we just abandoned ship. We did. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I figured, you know, in remembrance of the good ship endurance, oh, yeah. I should straighten out that photo. Well, I know this is going to be a really good episode because I just took steroids. <laughs> oh. Great. So I'm going to get a little roid rage, I think. Is that, that's the research he's doing for his next topic, <laughs> which is how do anabolic steroids affect someone who's just chilling? <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. Yeah, I got poison oak on my fucking face the other day at work. It's oh. like just on my eyelids pretty much, so that Can sucks. Can you see? Yeah. Not kind of. It kind of comes and goes. Mm. But uh, your vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just got some prednisone, some steroids. Oh, nice. And the pharmacist was like, "It's gonna change your mood. Could be good. Probably bad. Really? <laughs> you should tell the pe- let the people you live with know. No <laughs> so, way. Yeah, this podcast might take a turn. I don't know. We'll Holy see. Shit. <laughs> you just took it. Mm-hmm. You just dosed up on that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, prednisone. Forty milligrams. So now you're in I'm the in. prednisone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Prednisone. Zone, I get it. I get it. Wow. Anyway, are you ready? I think so. We should. Uh, we did housekeeping. A little housekeeping. Yeah, we yeah. didn't really acknowledge our sources in the first half of this. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that, mentioned, but did not acknowledge. Let me acknowledge <laughs> the exquisite writing of the author of this book, whose name is. <laughs> Alfred Lansing. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I fucking... You <laughs> but the listener didn't, or the viewer. Our primary source for this episode and the previous episode 
is the book Endurance by Alfred Lansing. If you haven't read it or <laughs> listened to it on Audible, I highly recommend it if you're interested in this topic at all. Alfred Lansing's writing and his presentation on this material is incredible. It is such a good read. It is so action-packed. I love that book. There's I also, will read it again and again. It's fantastic. There's also a really good podcast about it called Beautiful Animals. I think it's their second and maybe their third also episode. Wow, really? Yeah. You should tell your friends about that podcast. You should definitely look at their Instagram and their uh, email. Send them them an email. (laughs) Beautiful Animals Podcast. Nice. uh, Good segue. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, send us some feedback. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Anyway, um, where we last left, our intrepid adventurers. Intrepid adventure. Our fearless hero and captain of the ship and the expedition. His name is Aaron Shackleton had just ordered the crew of 27 men to abandon their ship, the Endurance, where they had just spent the last nine months trapped in ice in the Weddell Sea, which is a bay at Antarctica. They were there for nine months. It's pretty fucking crazy. They were in the ship. They were stuck in the ice for nine months. Yeah. And now <laughs> they're going to abandon ship and try to survive on the very ice that's destroying their ship right in front of their eyes. So they did they were they able to recover much of their stuff or what? Yes. Well, I mean, they abandon ship. They get all the dogs off. They get all their provisions off. Right, just onto the onto the flow ice flow. Remember, a flow is like a big flat piece of ice floating, probably ten to fifteen feet thick, but pretty steady. Sometimes like a mile across, like big. Right. So they get they get everything that they want off the ship and onto this big ice flow that's right next to the ship that's crushing the ship. One of the ones crushing the ship. There's several. Anyway. And Ernest Shackleton gathers all the men together in a circle and he gives them this speech. He knew from previous stories, I mean, people were getting shipwrecked and stuck out in the middle of fuck all nowhere all the time in this time period. Obviously, there weren't (coughs) helicopters or tanks or anything like that. People just disappeared still in this time period. So he knew that the difference between survival and death in a situation like this is often the speed at which you can get yourself out of it. So he, he he gathered everybody in a circle and he gave them all the rules. He's like, okay, we're going to travel fast. We're going to travel as light as possible. We're going to drop a lot of our stuff right here, and we're going to get moving right now. We're headed to Paulet Island, which at this point in time was 200 miles west. Actually, Paulet Island was in the north, but they decided we're going to head west to the peninsula, mm-hmm. which was 200 miles west across Just the ice. on ice, yeah. Yeah, across nice. the ice flows. They were going to drag the boats with them so that if they encountered any stretches of water that they couldn't you know, oh, yeah. get across with like putting together a little bridge or something. They could go across in their boats. They were going to bring two boats and bring all the dogs and all the sleds. Each man was allowed only the clothes he had on his back, six pairs of socks, two pairs of mittens, his boots, and two pounds of personal gear. Did they huh? have a scale? Were they able to weigh that? I don't know. They probably eyeballed it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) They probably had a scale. I mean, they had a lot of instruments. There were um, scientists on board and things like that. And, you know, everyone knew what two pounds weighs. Yeah. Everyone does. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't that strict, but that was the idea. Yeah. yeah. To drive the point home, he took out from under his parka while he's standing in this circle a gold cigarette case that he'd been, I think that he'd been given by the queen. Yeah. Threw it in the snow. Nice. And then a few gold-like coins. Threw them into the snow. And then he took his Bible out from under his jacket. Oh, shit. He ripped out a couple of pages that he liked. And, <laughs> and he gently set the Bible in the snow. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to take half this Bible with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. He took out his favorite pages that he wanted to read from, you know, yeah. future meanings and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so they set out onto the ice and um, started getting ready for the next stage of their journey. And they were going to bring, like I said, just two boats. They made camp that night, and they got ready to, like, get going. And then the next day, pretty much, they decided to get moving. So this is, like, springtime for the Antarctic, right? Like, things are starting to warm up a little bit. So instead of it being, like, six degrees above zero, on this first day that they're out on the ice, it's warmed up to a comfortable 15 degrees above zero. It's almost twice as hot. It's great. The problem with that <laughs> is at 15 degrees above zero, your ice isn't frozen as hard oh, yeah. as it could be. So they had they put the boats on like sled runners to drag, but they were sinking into the ice because it had warmed up a little bit. Yeah. So on the first day, it was like 15 degrees. The way they were going to go about this 
they lashed 12 men to each boat and they were just going to drag them. Yeah. What about the dogs? What are the dogs doing? The dogs sleds are carrying all the other shit. So they have just the boats and the men are dragging the boats. Uh And then the, the other like five guys, each one has a dog team, right? Cause there are 27 guys all together. Yeah. So you got like 12 men on each boat and then you got a couple guys running dog teams. The dog teams are dragging all their provisions, right? So in this way, they were doing basically like relays across the ice. Yeah. Like they would move like a quarter mile at a time and the, and drag all their shit a quarter mile. The dogs would go back, grab more shit. Da, 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 da. And the whole time they were doing that, the guys, the men were dragging the boats. On the first day, you want to know how far they got? Quarter mile. They got one mile. <laughs> one mile. <laughs> After six hours or eight hours of effort. Yeah. They had made it one mile. <laughs> conditions were fucking terrible. Also, it's dark all the time. But yeah. it's just conditions are awful. Yeah. It's freezing. I mean, it's cold. It's 15 degrees cold, but not cold enough yeah. to make it easy. <laughs> Brutal. Anyway, so the first day, they make it a mile, and they make camp. Then, and so they can probably still see the ship, like, yes. whatever's and left of it. Here's, the, here's what they're trying to cross, right? It's not just flat flows. It's also areas that they call pressure ridges. So yeah. when when the ice is pushed up against the landmass and there's wind blowing from the other way, right? Then in the middle of the huge ice pack that they're in, flows are going to be hitting each other and getting pushed up to uh, form these pressure ridges. Yeah. So sometimes there's pressure ridges that are like 30, 40 feet tall. Same and it's like, just two pieces of ice like stacked up like a pyramid. Yeah. So how are you going to get over that? Sometimes it's 30 degrees of angle, right? Yeah. So what they would do is they'd hike up to the top of them and start cutting them with axes and picks oh, and shit to try and cut a little pass yeah. in these mountains made of pressure ridges. And then, and if they were too tall, they would have to build up snow and ice to make a ramp oh. to get the boats up there. Yeah. This is why it was so hard. It yeah. wasn't like they were just dragging yeah, across not. flat ice like an ice rink. Yeah, like They're the going through a bunch of fucking pressure ridges. They're having to do all this work just to get these boats uh, up and over these fucking things, right? Yeah. And these boats are 22 feet long, about. They're all, they're, each three of them are, are different. They're all little different sizes. They decided to leave one of the yeah. three boats. They're taking two of them. These are like the lifeboats. I didn't explain that. No. The lifeboats taken off of the ship. Each one is like a single masted, 22 foot long, six foot wide wooden open boat. Oh, right? it's big enough to need like a little sail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's got this little sail and a little rudder. They're little sailing boats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they weigh a shit ton, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a big boat. So they're just having a hell of a time trying to drag these boats across the ice. The first day they make it a mile. The second day they make it three quarters of a mile Nice. in like eight hours effort. And they're not even, it's not even day. I mean, they're just, they're going at night when it's colder, but it's dark all the time. Yeah. It's not even like, <laughs> they're sleeping like three hours and then they're doing a little more. Everyone's on watch. The ice is constantly moving. They're yeah. freaked out all the time. <clears throat> There's all these fucked up noises. <laughs> this is not a good zone. Yeah. I remember the ice noises. Those were fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So after two, two days of effort, Ernest Shackle and he says, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> we're going to make camp. So they, they make it to a pretty large flow at that point. And he says, we're going to make camp here. The drift is going to carry us west faster than we're going to make it west. Because the whole ice pack is still moving yeah. uh, counterclockwise. And so he, they just, he says, screw it. Like, we can't do this. Let's make camp here. Yeah. Uh, and just wait till we're closer. <laughs> and then maybe conditions will get a little better, like, later on in the season. And things will open up and we'll be able to just sail there. Yeah. Right. So they decide to make camp on the ice. They call this camp Ocean Camp. So basically what they do is they make camp and they then begin salvage missions back to the boat to get oh. all the stuff that they left. Yeah. <laughs> so just they're just on foot so they can get there in less than a day. Yeah, well, they, like they're not tracking miles. the boats. Yeah. It's less than two miles. So they take the dog teams and the sleds yeah. and they go back and they begin salvage missions and they get as much of the... Uh, food and provisions out of the hold as yeah. they can. And the rest of the guy's Bible and they get the rest of his Bible and all the shit they everything they threw out and <laughs> yeah. dropped in the snow they go get. It's it when they get back to the boat as they're going back to the boat. It's like each day that they go back because this is over several days, yeah. right? Because it it's still super hard to get over there. So they're not. It's not like it's an easy jaunt, even though yeah. it's only two miles. Like it sucks. Um. So every time they go back, the ship's in like worse and worse condition. Yeah. Is it like breaking in half? And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. literally getting broken in half. Yeah, and there's water. Water's getting into it and then freezing solid. 
and then expanding like all oh, oh, yeah. fucked up shit. So it's like getting torn apart. Yeah. At one point, these two guys go back and they are passing the room where the ship's photographer used as his dark room. And like they realize it's accessible and they look at each other and they're like, fuck it. And they like take go, a selfie. They go in, <laughs> they wade in through freezing ass cold water to yeah. get all of his negatives. Oh, nice. So there actually are photos. Oh, shit. Of the endurance because these guys went, decided to like fuck up their feet and go <laughs> and get these photos back, which is just cool. I think about that. I mean, I think the reason that stuck out to me is like, you're in a fucked up situation like that. Yeah. You're barely able to survive. And you're like, you know what? If we do get out of here, probably going to want some photos <laughs> yeah. like for posterity. But also like, like, I mean, I also, I also might be like, oh, we're about to die. Like what's the point of even journaling? Yeah. But they're still journaling, like so. In they're case all they don't journaling. make it, there's yeah. like there's some there's like record. some evidence. So somebody's like, "Oh, what the hell happened here? Why are all these dead bodies in the middle of the snow?" I know, right? Okay, so this is now in November of uh, 1915, right? So, so it's they, about like a month after they lost the ship. Yeah, they abandoned the ship on October 22nd. They try to make forward progress. It's I think on October 25th that they decide, "Screw it, we're going to stay here," at what they call Ocean Camp. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're there uh, through November. And there's some really interesting journal entries from mid-November. They've settled into a really easy rhythm at their campsite, and everyone is happy. Nice. (laughs) They're just, they're living in camp on the ice. They have this nice little row of tents. Every morning they get up and they go to the um, cafeteria tent, and they have whatever kind of weird condensed milk breakfast and (laughs) biscuits they're going to have for the day. Leftover seal. Yeah, and and he keeps up the, the sled training. And the sled competition, so he's, like, still making the people work the dogs and still train the things. Yeah. Um, one of the dogs at this point has had a litter of puppies. Oh, they're all little. Yeah, they're all little babies, and so they're trying to train these new puppies uh, how to be sled dogs, and, yeah. like, one of the guys is in charge of the puppy team, <laughs> like, <laughs> the rest of the dogs. So there's, like, all these entries from mid-November where they're, like, they're, like, saying to themselves in their journals, like, it's so weird how happy we are right now. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't understand. But, like, the simple life is so good. Like, so far away from all the stresses. Like, you just know what you're going to do every day. Like, and it's just super interesting. Yeah, right. Like, Life is just as simple as stay alive. Yeah, stay alive. You know, it's not like, I mean, yeah, it's cold and yeah. killer, but, like, you got enough food. You got pretty much. And that's an, a good point. They have all these rations from the boat. And now that it's sort of spring again, the wildlife is coming back. Uh, around because remember there were seals and penguins all over the place when they first got there and then they were gone for like the cold months but now that it's november december they're seeing seals again they're able to go back to hunting yeah. they're able to get some fresh meat so life is kind of good yeah. <laughs> like, <and they're> like <laughs> yeah. this is no big deal Look, yeah. and you know every time that they can get a reading or get a sight which is when the navigator can see the sun uh-huh. And is able to figure out where they are. They're getting closer and closer to the peninsula, oh, to nice. land. So they're the the pack is drifting them in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking cool. So they're all kind of stoked. Yeah. So this goes on for quite a while until right about right about Christmas time, nineteen fifteen. Do they have a secret Santa? They didn't do a secret Santa. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but, um, uh, Ernest Shackleton decides that they are going to uh, start moving again. Yeah. Basically, by mid December. Guys are getting a little bit restless. Yeah. Starting to worry a little bit. Shackleton is super good about kind of predicting the moods of the guys and his crew and like feeling out what needs to go on. So like this whole time, it's kind of surprising that there's no, that there hasn't been a mutiny or really any pushback. Like he's in charge. He sets the rules and they do it. Right. Yeah. So at this point, like it's almost Christmas. The guys are getting a little bit restless because it's like their second Christmas here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all starting to worry, like, are we going to die? <laughs> so he, on the 23rd, he declares that they're going to have a Christmas feast. Oh. They're going to eat, because they've been on rations, like a set amount of food every oh, day. Yeah. yeah. He decides on December 23rd, they're going to have a Christmas feast, and everyone can eat as much as they want. And the next day, they're going to head out on the 24th. They're going to start moving west again. It's time. They're yeah. going to break camp. And they're going to keep moving. Right. So they have this big Christmas party on the 23rd. They all eat their fill. Everybody's stoked. They get ready for the morning. And and then the next night, they head out because they're just traveling at night. Again, yeah. Oh, when, yeah, f- when the ice freezes a little bit. Yeah. So they head out. They start heading west. 
and conditions are just as fucked <laughs> as they were Perfect. before. Yeah, they make a little bit of, on the first day, they make a little bit of forward progress, like two miles. So it's a little better than they yeah, did before. It's twice yeah. as better. Yep. And then the next day, they make another couple of miles, but it's just agonizing work. They're dragging the boats, they're sinking in. It's warmer even than it was before. It's like almost. 20 24 degrees it's brutal, brutal yeah heat. i know brutal heat and so the the sh- the boats that they're dragging are sinking in worse and worse so after five days of struggle <laughs> they've made it uh nine miles Ooh. from their original camp he calls it he says we can't do it <laughs> we got to make camp again nice. <laughs> so they stop they camp out they rebuild their camp and they call this one mark time camp mark time yeah what's that mean um, just like counting time, okay. like counting the minutes, yeah. marking the time. So they call it mark time camp and they post up again. And then after they make camp, they send some expeditions back to ocean camp <laughs> where they were camp before. <laughs> they have to get some, some of the left. stuff they left behind there. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. So they keep doing this where they're like, all right, we're going. And then they're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. So they're just littering. Yeah. The problem, <laughs> the problem, <laughs> well, after they make it to mark time camp and decide they're going to stay there or the place that they end up making mark time camp, which is a relatively big flow. Again, they're crossing different flows yeah. that sometimes are separated by like maybe just a few inches. Sometimes they're separated by several feet and they got to build like a little bridge across with boards they've taken from yeah. the ship. Some of the flows that they're crossing are, you know, 40 feet wide. Some of them are like two miles. By the time they get to mark time camp, they're on like a two mile wide flow that's probably 15 foot thick. So they're like, okay, this is a good spot. Yeah. And they're and also, I mean, they're able to cross... When they're just crossing one big flow, it's really easy, so they make a lot of good time. Yeah. So they end up camping on a relatively big flow for Mark Time Camp. And they just the reason they stop is it's just not <laughs> it's just not worth it. Yeah. Like they're killing themselves to to make a mile or two a day. And in the meantime the drift is still carrying them in the right direction yeah. twice as fast. So they're like, Okay, what's the fucking point, right? Yeah. So they may camp, but this is kind of where people start to freak out a little bit. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is what I've been waiting for, man. <laughs> people start to start to worry about uh, uh, that they're they're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. So they're there at Mark Time Camp for a month, but that whole month that that they're everything is getting like a little bit worse. Like the flows around them are starting to break up. They make a couple trips back to Ocean Camp, but that flow is broken. Oh, so now. as it as it gets warmer, the the process of getting from one flow to another is going to get more difficult every yeah. time. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much space between them. Flows are breaking up, moving more <laughs> because it's not like one frozen mass. There's yeah. more of that pressure sounds. They also like, as it's, we're getting into now January, they start to run out of food a little bit. They're starting to run low on food. So they do, um, he does make the decision to kill some of the dogs. Oh, what? Yeah. Do that. And he has his second in command, and this guy named Wild, um, take the dogs over, like, just around the corner and kill them one by one. Yeah. Super sad. How many did they do? Um, they just did two teams, so they killed, like, 16 of them. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> At first, they still have 54 dogs left. Yeah. Um, so no longer 60, I guess it was 69. Well, they had to kill a bunch of them, actually, uh, the older ones earlier because they got worms oh. they didn't have to kill them they died yeah and they had like these four foot worms in their bellies because they didn't bring any dewormer yeah so some of the dogs got worms and when they i guess when worms get really bad they turn into like giant intestinal worms that's gnarly yeah i didn't know this that's one of the freakiest things in this book <clears throat> yeah right so anyway they're able they make one last trip back to ocean camp for food they're able to bring about 100 pounds of food back oh, with them yeah after they kill a couple of the teams of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of too bad. Yeah, they saved two teams of dogs. They killed the other three to go back to Ocean Camp for food. They come back with 100 pounds. They're pretty stoked. But then the flow they're on cracks. So they decide to move again. They find another flow a little bit further off that looks pretty solid, and they make camp again. And they call this one Patience Camp. And that's pretty much right next to the other one, just on the next flow over? Or? Yeah, it's like a couple flows down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> down the road. <laughs> yeah, I think they had to traverse it. They had to travel for like a day to get to another big flow. So on January 20th, they're at Patience Camp, which is the next one after Mark Time Camp. Camp number three. Yep. And a huge uh, gale hits from the south. Oh, no is, shit. Yeah. 
And during this gale, they move. They they drift seventy three miles north, <laughs> away from where they want to go. Well, oh. they were kind of going. They were trying to get west. Okay, yeah. Before, at this point, they're one hundred and seventy three miles from Paulet Island, which is an island that is like that is just north of the Weddell Sea, and it's an island that some people, some shipwrecked sailors, took refuge on uh, before. Yeah. Like about ten years prior, and. Uh, Shackleton knows that there are that that rescue mission when it saved those sailors from Paulette Island left a huge store of food Ooh. for another shipwreck. <laughs> yeah. These things happened all the time. Hey, that's us. He knows this because he was actually working for the guy that set up the rescue oh, thing, yeah. and it was his job to order all that food yeah. and get it stored there. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, order a little extra." So he's like, "Okay, if we can make it to Paulette Island, I know there's a fuck ton of food there, and we can survive until we're rescued." So that's kind of the goal that he has in mind. So he's actually okay with this northerly gale, this northerly drift, yeah, because it's getting him closer to Paulette Island. At this point, so just. That one storm moved them like 70 miles, he said? Yeah, 73 miles. That's like a five-day storm. Oh, it was five days. Okay, so still, that's faster than they're walking. Which is why they stopped. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a trade-off, right? Because like, when you're not moving, the guys don't feel like they're doing anything. Yeah. So they're going to go a little bit crazier. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But if you are moving, you're using more energy, you're taking more risks, you're using more food, you know, so you're... Like, do you beat the guys up mentally or do you beat them up physically? <laughs> yeah. Right? And like, I mean, when they are moving and not really getting very far, it's, I mean, it's not like they're not getting beat up still. Yeah, mentally. it's still it's still a real challenge. Right. And and he was good about still keeping watch duty, keeping the guys, giving them jobs yeah. when they were stopped. So he was able to kind of keep people sane in that way. Yeah. So now so I mean, that this is kind of the beginning of a real fucked up long. I mean, it began a little bit ago, but they're stuck on the ice for a long ass time here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and things are just kind of getting worse and worse as this drift like moves them around uh, this another gale happens where they move north 84 miles in six days nice. again these are hurricane yeah these are hurricanes in the antarctic circle <laughs> yeah and these guys are just living in tents on ice sheets right yeah just now. like hoping that that ice sheet's not going to split in half and throw them in the water yeah exactly it's funny because after this one ocean camp which they were only nine miles away from before yeah. is now only five miles away <laughs> because the flow was on it's five miles away from them but also like 150 miles from where it was from where it was originally nice. yeah <laughs> yeah it's cool they were able to find it because like i know right get, you think it would get all shuffled up they see it yeah. They see it from a pressure ridge. They, yeah. There's a guy up on a compressor looking. He's like, oh, there's our old campsite. Hey. It's closer now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at all those dead dogs. It's just crazy stuff. Yeah. So they, every day, you know, that they can, they're trying to take this, they're trying to take stock of where they are. And basically they're slowly drifting north and west. Um, so they think that they're going to be able to hit a couple of these islands. One of them is called Elephant Island. That is kind of what they're angling for. Yeah. I mean, they're just kind of hoping, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, basically they're watching to see, like, maybe the ice is going to break up enough that they can disembark in their boats because they still have these three boats. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing I forgot to tell you. They went back and got the third boat. Oh, nice. Originally, they only had the two boats, but once they only made it two miles, they're like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Grab the third go boat. get the third boat. So now yeah. they have three boats. Okay. So by March, we're all the way to March now. Damn. They're starting <laughs> to run out of food. <laughs> They've been living on the ice now since october 22nd so october november december january february March. five months they've just <laughs> been know. living on the ice yeah and they're starting to run out of food because again it's getting closer to winter and there's not as many seals to hunt they gotta eat a bunch of seals but they can't just eat seals i'm guessing yeah but they, i mean they have seals and they have flour basically is all they've got yeah so you make like and condensed bread. milk yeah they're drinking condensed milk every what? day as like a ration yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Hot water. Can they milk the seals? Blubber. I don't know. I've never tried it. I haven't either. There's actually, I mean, you you make a a good point. There's one moment where (laughs) this guy goes out and he's like, hey, there's some more seals over here. This is earlier, like February. Yeah. And Shackleton's like, no, we've got enough seal meat for a month. Don't go kill some more seals. And the guy's like, why would we not kill more seals? Like, (laughs) we need to kill all the seals. Like, (laughs) there's no reason to not store more food. And Shackleton's like, no, we're not going to need it. And so then by March, when they're running out of food, they're like, fuck you, Shackleton. You <laughs> oh, should have killed that seal, right? You fucking hippie. Yeah. So there's a little bit of tension. Yeah. A little bit of tension going on. I mean, you'd think there'd be more after like a year and a half. Yeah. There's actually this one incident um, where in number five tent, they had five tents. Mm-hmm. 
This is another thing. Let me back up a little bit. Shackleton divided up the guys very carefully. Like he took the troublemakers and he put them all in his tent. Oh, because they know like, how to party. He, he wants to have a good time. <laughs> he just wanted to have an eye, keep an eye on them. Yeah. And then he put like the next worst troublemakers and he'd put them in the tent of his second in command. Mm-hmm. Who was like this guy named Wild who was endlessly loyal to Shackleton. He'd yeah. been on expeditions with him before. He was his best hombre, best guy. Anyway, so this is in March. They finally see two seals. They get one of them. They're very excited. <laughs> they have a nice little feast. And then they all go to bed. And that night, there's a huge crack in the middle of their flow. And it splits their camp right down the middle. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So in the middle of the night, they have to move all their tents to one side. Yeah. And then that flow like kind of starts to drift away. They So their, their flow, which was like a mile across, or two miles across, is now like a mile. <laughs> yeah. And they could split them right down the middle. And then they're hanging out on another couple of days and it splits again. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and so they the have to, are fragile. And it split again in the middle of their camp. God damn it. I'm not quite in the middle of their camp, but all their food storage was on one side oh, and yeah. all their tents were on the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they had to throw all their food across. So their flow that they're on is starting to crack up and get smaller and smaller, but it's still the largest flow around, right? Yeah. So they're starting to freak out a bit. But they're also stoked because it's a double-edged sword, right? It's you have to find this perfect moment at which you can get in the boats and try and get out of there. Yeah. If you go too early, the boats are going to get crushed. Oh yeah. If you go too late, you're going to miss your opportunity. Yeah. So they're trying to they're trying to time it just right. And the and the other thing is they're now they're moving out of like the middle of the like the bottom Antarctic part. As they move north, it gets warmer and warmer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they're trying to kind of wait until they get all the way around to the most northern part of this ice pack, and they're on the edge, right? Yeah. Instead of being sort of in the middle. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. you know, they can't guarantee that. They're just kind of hoping that they're going to keep getting blown <laughs> yeah. north and get to the edge of this ice pack and be able to get close enough to the edge of the ice pack to get out into the open sea and get to some island where they can maybe get rescued by a whaler, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? So that's the whole idea, and it's just like... <sighs> It's this crazy time where they're trying to fucking just time it just right. And every day they're looking at the conditions and every day they're not sure. They're just waiting for Shackleton to make the call. Yeah. One day, one of the sailors is out on the ice hunting for seals when an 11-foot sea lion jumps out of the water and starts chasing him. It's <laughs> a fucking beast. Yeah. <laughs> it's bigger than my ladder. Yeah, and it chases him down. He, scre- he screams and calls. He's like, gun, gun, gun. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, this guy, Wild, the second in command who killed all the dogs, who's the most loyal dude yeah. ever, grabs his rifle and he's able to kill this sea lion and they get like 600 pounds of <laughs> yeah. sea lion meat. Yeah. They call it a sea leopard. Sea leopard. Inside its guts, they find 50 undigested fish. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So they cook, those up, they cook those up for dinner and they're super stoked. So by April 3rd, their flow that they've been living on, which was two miles across, is now 200 yards across. Oh. So it's very small. Yeah. And they, they're able, the sun, they're able to see the sun, so they get a sighting, and the navigator figures out that they are only 68 miles from Clarence Island. Clarence. In the north. Yeah. So they're, that's kind of their new plan is, okay, we're going to try and get to Clarence Island, which is, um, it's north and a little bit west of them. Uh, a couple days later, they take another sighting, right? And they realize they've drifted too far west. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck. They start to freak out a little bit. Basically, let me explain the geography again. The peninsula kind of comes to an end, and then there's a gap, and then there's these two islands, Clarence Island and Elephant Island. Mm-hmm. What they want is to drift up towards those islands and be able to get to them. However, if they're pushed out between the peninsula and those islands... They're out into the open sea, Uh-oh. which is the m- most treacherous sea on the planet. Yeah, it's, it's called just, Drake's Passage. Yeah. It's be- between Tierra del Fuego and An- Antarctica. And it is literally the most dangerous part of the ocean on the planet. And they know they're going to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they well, just have little baby boats. All they have are baby boats. That's the thing. So they're like, if we're out here in baby boats, we are going to die. So they're behind schedule a little bit. On the, uh, uh, on the whole uh, on the whole expedition yeah yeah everybody thinks they're dead <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. don't have a radio they have no communication equipment um, they're they're they know that everyone thinks they're dead they yeah. haven't shown up they have no idea what happened to them they're like okay th- their only way out is to get out themselves yeah to get somewhere that a whaler might be able to find them yeah 
somewhere they could get some food. So they're freaking out. The next day, they get another sighting. Their flow is moving back to the east. So they're kind of like doing this weird uh, west and east movement. They're like slithering like a snake. Yeah, and their flow that they're on finally breaks down to a hundred to a triangle of 100 yards by 120 yards by 90 yards. So on April 9th, uh, 1916 now, they decide to launch the boats off of this flow. So they take their three boats. Again, these are 20... 21 foot long, six foot wide open boats. An open what an open boat is, what that means is there's no like decking and then below decks. It's just open. Yeah. Right. So uh, there's no protection <laughs> from the weather. Yeah. They pack as much of their food and supplies as they can into these boats and they, they launch the boats. They're out in the water, it's extremely heavy seas, and there's ice flows everywhere. It's exceedingly treacherous. Yeah. They're trying to navigate the ice flows. They get out past the line of ice flows and they're hit immediately by giant swells. So it's like either you're among the ice and somewhat protected or you're outside the ice and you're almost getting killed by waves, right? So they're kind of trying to skirt the edge of the ice flows and stay kind of protected while not uh, getting totally destroyed. So that first day they decide that they need to get back onto an ice flow to sleep <laughs> yeah. for the night. Oh, yeah. So at 5 p.m., they find another ice flow, and they set up camp for the night. In the middle of the night, the flow that they're on splits. Uh, who didn't see that coming? Yeah. And right underneath a guy's tent, oh, he falls into the water in his sleeping bag. Oh. Is he, in uh, the middle of the dark. Is he, is he, is he cold? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's extremely cold. In some kind of uncanny like sixth sense Shackleton bolts out he was asleep at the time bolts out of his tent runs over and reaches into the water exactly where the guy is and pulls out the guy in his sleeping bag one handed before the guy even wakes up probably and throws him onto the ice yeah before he like he just screams and Shackleton's like boom there and saves the guy yeah Shackleton wasn't like a huge guy but clearly he was very strong (laughs) so he throws this guy back onto the flows they do not sleep the rest of the night (laughs) And then they get back on the ships in the morning. They go back onto the uh, open sea. Again, they're getting their asses beat by the ocean. It's just crazy, heavy, heavy seas. They find another flow that night to camp on. And <laughs> at, at first, he's like, "We, don't, I don't want to do it. It's too dangerous." Yeah. But it's you can't sleep in the like they can't. There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. So they go back on to an ice flow. They spend the night. Obviously, they have guys on watch. Yeah. But they spend the night. They get up in the morning. They're packed in again. Like the ice holes are all packed in around them again. Uh-huh. But there's heavy, heavy seas. So imagine like you're on you're on the water. It's all flows of ice. But there's like 30 foot high waves going under the ice. Yeah. So the ice is just bucking and dropping yeah. 30 feet high <laughs> and down. <laughs> yeah. They wake up in the morning to this scene. And they're all like, what the fuck? Totally blown away. Like. This is the scariest and most fucked up thing we've ever seen. Yeah. So they're trying, They're again, they're just trying to find their moment to launch the boats during this crazy fucked up sea. And Shackleton at this point knows we have to get away from the ice. We have to get away from the ice or we're going to die. Right. Yeah. So they wait and they wait and they wait and they're just waiting for Shackleton to make the call. They're all ready. 5, 6 p.m. that evening. He finally says, okay, let's launch the boats. Let's go. They launch the boats, they go out into the crazy-ass ocean, and they start heading north, and they're trying to get to Elephant Island. It takes them several days of ridiculous, actually it's three days, of crazy seas, you know, rowing, they all have oars, so they're sailing, they're rowing, they're barely sleeping, there's literally no room in these boats to sleep, or to lay down, or anything like that. After the third day, they finally sight this island in the distance, it literally has, uh, like, thousand many thousands of foot high just sheer cliffs it's a volcanic just like monolith sticking out of the ocean are they able to tell what island it is if it's the one they're looking for it's elephant island yeah well they are they're able to see elephant island and clarence island they finally like the fog lifts they're finally able to see yeah there's the island they're like oh fuck thank god (laughs) yeah they make for this island they have to go around it and try not to get blown past it to the west because once they go out west, it's just like totally open season. They're totally screwed up. Yeah. So they're like barely trying to work their way around it. They find a little inlet. And the guys just like totally just like. Just go nuts. They're, they're just beat to shit. Yeah. 
They finally make it to Elephant Island. They pull themselves onto the sand. It's just like this crazy act of desperation. And they finally feel like a little bit safe. Because it's like they're finally standing on something that's not moving. That's not ice. Yeah. Yeah. They make it to this little bit of sand and they pull the boats up. And then Shackleton looks around and he's like, the high water mark is on (laughs) the rocks. (laughs) We got to get back in the water. (laughs) We got to move. So they get back into their boats and they sail around until they find actually two boats stay. They send out a third Shackleton and takes like four guys. They take one of the boats and they sail around and they're gone for about a day. They finally come back and they say, Hey, we found a a little bit better spot. Yeah. They move to it and they make camp after, after like three days effort with no water and no sleep. Like it took them to get to elephant Island and they finally make it. And the, the new spot that they find has like a glacier with a little bit of a spring. So they're able to get some fresh water. Oh, fancy. Yeah. What I didn't tell you, which is super, is one of the hardest things about them getting over to Elephant Island. There are three ships, right? Three little ships. Yeah. Two of them are relatively good sailors. One of them is terrible. Like it's just, it doesn't do well in the water. They just, right? It's yeah. incredibly slow. Because of the boat or because of the people running the it? The boat itself. Okay. The boat itself. Like two of them are pretty good. One of them sucks. So Shackleton lashes his boat to the sucky one uh-huh. and all three of them are trying to like tack and beat to the wind and like make it to this island in the middle of the night because yeah. they see the island they're like okay we're gonna make it before dark they don't make it before dark it gets dark they're like we have to do it now or we're, now or we're gonna die they know they're gonna die i mean they've been two days without water yeah. they have nothing to drink um so in the night they're trying to make this last push for elephant island right and shackleton He's strapped to the one boat and he knows, and they're in the middle of this fucking gale. It's like 80, 90 degree winds. It's insane. He knows that if this boat that's tied to them disappears, everyone on it's going to die. So he's trying desperately to keep all the boats together. But the other boat, the third boat that's not tied to him, he looks back and it's gone. He has no fucking clue where it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, he totally loses it. So in overnight, that boat totally loses Shackleton boat. They try to like give like light signals to tell it where it is but they can't find each other Shackleton and his guys find that first sandy shore in the morning and Shackleton knows for a fact that that other ship that other boat and all the guys on it are dead meantime that other boat and all the guys on it are coming around the the island the other way oh yeah (laughs) and they know for a fact Shackleton and both those boats are dead and they're the only ones alive and then there's this amazing moment where, like, as they're all try, as these guys are trying to get to the sandy inlet this way, the other guys come around the corner and they're trying to get it to it that way, <laughs> and they see each other and they're like, "Yeah, oh, fancy yeah. seeing you here, yeah. Elephant Island." Exactly. <laughs> they make it onto the beach and they just shake each other's hands. And they're like, "Good job, well done." <laughs> cool. You're not <laughs> they're dead. All stoked. Yeah. And then Shackleton takes one of the boats yeah. and goes and finds the other sandy inlet, and they make a more permanent camp. Yeah. So the plan at this point is and they all know it is for them to make camp and for Shackleton to take a party of guys and try to sail to South Georgia Island. Mm-hmm. That's the one with all the food. That's the whaling Island the whale. oh, yeah, that yeah. they left before. There are basically, there are three options. He can either sail to 500 something miles to Tierra del Fuego yeah. <laughs> through, uh, the most dangerous ocean in the world. Yeah. Or he can go 500 miles to Paulette Island. That one with the food. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Or he can go 800 miles east to South Georgia Island. So although those two options are only 500 miles away, they're north and northwest. Yeah. And the way that the wind and the current goes around Antarctica is clockwise. Yeah. So it goes from west to east. And it's this this current just circles around Antarctica and the wind just blows that way. So even though South Georgia Island, where they started, uh, is 800 miles away, it's the much better option. Yeah. Although it's still 800 miles through the most treacherous sea (laughs) on planet Earth (laughs) in an open boat. (laughs) So like best case scenario, that would take a fucking long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they set up camp and they start working on retrofitting the best of the three boats to make this journey. Right. So they raise the sides and they build a little deck for it. Oh, there you go. So that there's a place where they can stow and where they can sleep. Yeah. And after only like three days, they've gotten as much fresh water as they can from the glaciers in their little barrels, and they've got as much food as they want to bring, and Shackleton and four other guys, they 
leave Elephant Island after only being there for like three days. So plans never, or, I mean, they're, they've completely been in the plan to do the main mission. They're just, they just have to get out of there, get at home. Oh, they fucked the main mission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no way they're going to do the main mission. They're just trying to survive <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah, they can't, <laughs> they can't do it. There's no way. <laughs> so Shackleton takes four guys, four of his best guys. He takes the navigator. He takes this one guy who's a carpenter, but also the most likely to like lead a rebellion. So uh-huh. he brings him. And it brings two other guys. One guy who's kind of a jerk and one guy who's just a really good seaman. Seaman. Yep. And he, so he takes these four guys and himself. He gets on the best of the three boats and he, and he begins this journey to South Georgia Island. Now, immediately they get on the water and he's like, oh, we're fucked. Right? <laughs> Perfect. Because they're in a 22-foot boat 22 foot long boat, six foot wide boat. And like the wind speeds are in excess of 70, 80, 90 miles an hour. And the ocean, the, the waves are like fucking huge, like 80 (laughs) feet tall. So they're just the whole time they get started. They're just, they're immediately struggling. (laughs) They're just trying hard every day, day in, day and night, day and night to not get just completely fucked by the ocean. But the wind is on their side. Right? So they're making really good time. Nice. So like two weeks in, they've already gone 600 miles. Oh, fuck yeah. They're more than halfway there. Maybe not 600 miles. They've gone like 400 miles. Yeah. And then there's this crazy fucking hurricane that hits them and like drags them hundreds of miles in like in like the six days that it's going. Yeah. So they're making really good time. During that crazy hurricane though, there's like a rogue wave that comes from the wrong side. Shackleton just catches sight of it and then it completely swamps their boat like crashes right over them yeah and the boat is full of water and everybody wakes up and just immediately starts bailing with whatever (laughs) cups and saucers (laughs) little buckets that they can find knowing that if another wave hits them they're fucked they're going under so then they keep going again one of the craziest things about this they're trying to hit (laughs) they're trying to hit a like a 20 mile wide island in the middle of the ocean, 800 miles away, right? Yeah. And they're navigating with a sextant. Yeah. And it's like, so there's this great conversation in the book where the navigator, he's he's like, okay, like they finally get kind of side of the sun. It's been like super foggy and, and stormy. So there's not like a good view of the sun. And in order to use a sextant, you need to like have a clear sight of the sun yeah. and the horizon so you can like figure out, so you can, you know triangulate your position in the middle of the fucking ocean so he never has really good visibility so what he does is he takes like a hundred sightings (laughs) and does the calculations like a hundred times and just comes up with an average (laughs) yeah and he's like okay here's my aggregate i think this is what we're gonna get to yeah and like lo and behold five weeks later they catch sight of the island nice yeah so like he he, like throwing a dart at like the tiniest (laughs) fucking thing in the middle of the ocean so they finally catch sight of the island, South Georgia Island. It's the island where they partied with the whalers. Yeah, there's right? next to the, right next to Sandwich Island. Or, right next or the to island. the Sandwich Islands. Yeah. And they're like, okay, great. We're going to try and make landfall at this location. And you can imagine like after five weeks at sea, when you can see the island, you have like a huge sense of relief. Right. Yeah. Plus, oh, I forgot to tell you, like the water they've been drinking for the last four days uh, is totally bad. Yeah. Like the last keg of water they had had at one point fallen out of the boat and they had to drag oh. it back in. So it had it's a little all bit of- salt water. Yeah. So they're drinking salt water. They're actually making their condensed milk, their sweetened condensed milk with the salt water. Yeah. <laughs> drinking it anyway. And so they're kind of fucked up <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Perfect. And uh, it's they see the island and they're trying to get to it, but the wind is blowing off of the island like the exact wrong direction. Yeah. And so they're just fighting and struggling and fighting and like finally he's like okay let's just row let's row and they're they're rowing and they're trying to make it and they're like okay we're gonna make it by tonight but the wind is fighting them again and again and again and so like by 5 p.m 6 p.m they realize like they're not gonna make it before dark again (laughs) yeah and so it's just this ridiculous struggle of like these four guys rowing shackleton at the tiller trying to make it through these storm after storm like everything is just stacked up against them yeah they're running out of water they're running out of food they haven't slept in three days they haven't drank water in three days and then they finally like make it to this little again like just a little sandbar protected by a reef 
and pull up the boat and like get out and stagger onto land in the middle of the night on yeah. South Georgia Island. Now they're on the opposite side of the island from the whaling station, right? Yeah. So there's nobody there. It's just them on a sandbar. It's not like a populated island. There's yeah, not like yeah. hotels or anything on the beach. <laughs> like there's one whaling station and a couple of houses or whatever on the other side of the island. But they're stoked. The spot they pull up to actually has a spring. Well, there you go. So they're able to drink their fill. The first thing they do, they roll out of the boats. They all five of them just run up to this spring and just drink water. They just fucking stay hydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then they the stand up. They stand up, look at each other, shake hands. <laughs> and in that moment, they knew that they had made one of the most incredible sea voyages of all time. Yeah. Yeah. They crossed 880 miles of the most treacherous ocean in the world in a 22 foot lifeboat. Nice. And so they're, uh, they're fucking legends, dude. Killing it. Yeah. And so, but they're all, they're still pretty fucked. They're, <laughs> so they're behind schedule. They're a little behind schedule. Anyway. So that night they have all these problems with the boat. Like, uh, they're all ridiculously exhausted, of course, but they can't pull the boat. <laughs> so they can't, the boat's too heavy for them to pull it all the way up on the beach. So it's still kind of in the water. Yeah. But, Shackleton doesn't want to pull all of the planking out of the inside to make it lighter to pull it up because they're going to need to get back in it and sail around to sail around to the other side of the the island. Yeah. Right. The reason they want to sail around to the other side of the island is that the middle of South Georgia Island has a mountain range in excess of 10,000 feet. And at this point in time, no one has ever crossed South Georgia Island. (laughs) Yeah. No one has ever done it. There's no paths. No one's ever gotten across. So as much as they hate that boat. As much they as they get, hate that boat. Gotta get back in They're the gonna fucker. have to get back in it. So they're all sleeping. One of the guys is on watch. And all of a sudden, the sea kind of comes up. And it grabs the boat. God damn it. And this guy grabs the bowline. And he gets pulled. He's screaming. And he gets pulled out into the ocean up to his neck. Before Shackleton and the rest of them can get out there. Yeah. And grab it and help him out. And in that time period, the boat is is smashed against some rocks. And the rudder is broken off. Oh, they don't need that. Yeah. So now the boat has no rudder, right? And so the next day, Shackleton says, okay, well, I'm going to cross the island. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he they decide that they're going to leave two of the guys there, and three of them are going to hike across this mountain range to get to the whaling station to get some help to get yeah. a rescue mission back to these guys so they can then get a rescue mission back to the guys on elephant island <laughs> yeah so they take a day to get ready you know and drink a little bit of water and sleep a couple of days and then they take basically a hatchet uh and 50 foot of rope and they say okay we're mountaineers now <laughs> <laughs> and shackleton and these two guys take on this ten thousand foot mountain range as they hike up it like there's no there's no easy way. There's like a sawtooth range, right? So it's basically like a, a wall yeah. in front of them. So when they get closer to the peaks, they're literally cutting steps into the ice with this hatchet and then walking up them like little by little. Yeah. They get to the top of this ridge. They look over the other side. It's a sheer drop, <laughs> like yeah. 3,000 feet. So then they work back down. <laughs> they go over to the like the next mountain over or sort of pass between two peaks. Do the same thing. Look over that. It's another sheer drop. Go back down again. Hike up to that one. Look over that. Okay, it's a little bit less sheer. <laughs> Cut a bunch of fucking steps in that side and go down that break side of the range. Here in a minute. Dude, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> As if this isn't a nightmare already. Yeah. So uh, Shackleton and two of his guys make it over the range. They come down the other side. This that takes them, you know, eight hours. They make it finally down the other side of this mountain, and they're walking out toward the bay, and they realize, that's ah, the wrong bay. <laughs> they're, they're on the west side of the island. <laughs> the whaling station is on the northeast side of the Damn island. It. So they hike back up into the mountains. <laughs> they go north and east. They, they do the same shit. They have to hack steps into the mountainside. They go up another pass. They come down the other side. This is the other thing. They didn't bring any camping equipment for this journey. Yeah, they're, just they're like, we got to do How it. long did it take from them to get off the beach to the other side of the island? Uh, I mean, at this point, it's already taken them about 10 hours. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah. is all, all in one day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're planning on just doing it in so a it's day. not a huge island. It's 20 miles across. Yeah. Yeah. It's not huge. So they, they get up over this ridge. They come down the other side. It's the wrong side again. It's, it. like, <laughs> a, 
is north but not northeast yeah. and the whole time they're walking down they're like oh that's this thing and that's they're like t- making taking these landmarks that they're sure yeah are um things that they've seen from around the whaling station and they get down to the bay and it's just a glacier and they're like wait a second there's no glacier on near the whaling station so they're like fuck so they lost two hours they have to go back <laughs> yeah. another two hours now it's the middle of the night they hike up the mountains again cross a different ridge again this time in the right direction but before they get up to the top they're bone fucking weary they're ext- i mean they're totally exhausted they didn't get much rest in the five weeks that they were crossing the freaking ocean they didn't get any sleep for the three days before they made landfall they rested up for a couple days but now they've been hiking all night haven't brought any camping gear don't have a lot of food just have a little stove for heating up condensed milk yeah right and so they decide to take a little rest and they just like huddle together the three of them the two guys pass out immediately shackleton starts to nod off starts to nod off he's getting very sleepy and then he realizes, he thinks to himself, like, this is how people die in the snow. <laughs> yeah. They go to sleep, and then they freeze to death and never wake up. So he wakes up the other two guys, and he, and he tells them that they've been asleep for an hour, and it's time to keep moving. It's yeah. only been five minutes. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> they hike up this last ridge. They look, they're looking down on basically a sloped glacier, kind of all the way down the side of the mountain, and there's no way down. There's like no easy that you think can't go left. They can't go right. It's just this steep slope all the way down. You're going to have to sled down. Well, that's what they did. (laughs) (laughs) So Shackleton, he has them all sit down like one behind the other. Like they're on a toboggan, but without a toboggan. Toboggan. Yeah. Toboggan. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and they slide down like 2,500 feet down this, like like a big slide on their asses (laughs) on the glacier. And they're screaming the whole time. <laughs> and they get to the bottom and somehow they didn't hit any crevasses and didn't die. Like yeah. this fucking crazy thing. And then they're hiking and they're hiking and they're hiking and they finally like make it to town where the town is. And some guy like sees them walking up, one of the whalers, and he's like, what? Why are they? How? It doesn't make any sense to them. They're coming from the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Right. They're coming from the mountains. They're incredibly hairy. Their faces are all, their faces are covered. Like the only thing they've had for heat is like a blubber smoke, a blubber stove. So oh, they've yeah. just been burning blubber. Nice. So their faces are covered like black blubber grease. Yeah. <laughs> their hair is all fucked up. And I mean, they've been out on the ice for like almost two years. Yeah. And their clothes are all completely threadbare. Yeah. And this guy's like, what the fuck? And they all knew the story of Ernest Shackleton and this expedition and they all knew they were all dead. Yeah. This was like two years since they yeah, left this place. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So like, <laughs> they, wait a second. They've heard like the stories about this expedition and how it just never came back. Yeah. And, uh, the guy, he's like, who are you? And the guy's like, sir, Ernest Shackleton. And he's like, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's completely blown away. And he, uh, Shackleton asked to see like the guy, the manager of the whaling station, and the guy tells him, oh, that guy left. It's He's been replaced by this other guy. And Shackleton, like, cracks a huge smile because he knows that other guy oh, no. from another boat thing that he did. Yeah. He's like, let me, take me to that guy's house right now. Boat stuff. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, when you're a polar explorer, you know all the whalers, oh, yeah. you know, all the people Small hanging world. out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So he takes him over there. The guy recognizes him after a while and immediately bursts into tears. <laughs> just out of shock yeah. and surprise like, like he's a friend of his and he's actually alive after yeah. everybody knew he was dead so they i mean they take care of shackleton and the boys but the next day shackleton and those two guys go back on a whaler over to the other side of the island to rescue their two friends mm-hmm. and they take them back to the whaling station and then shackleton's got to figure out how to get a boat back to elephant island yeah the thing is it's the way they went from Elephant Island to South Georgia Island is with the wind and with the current of yeah. the Antarctic. The way back, way more difficult. So this is the this starts like even though Shackleton and these four guys are relatively safe, he's so like he's super anxious and super freaked out about getting back to Elephant Island and trying to save the rest of the guys. And it doesn't he's not able to do it for like three months. Oh fuck. Yeah. He gets one ship to help him out. He takes it out on an expedition. It's like a whaling ship, but it gets almost destroyed by the ice, and they have to come back. <laughs> Fuck. He gets like a 
a Portuguese like trading ship to uh, hang out with them or like he convinces them to take him over there. Yeah. They get part way out. It almost gets destroyed by the ice. They have to come back. Yeah. Finally, he makes it like three months later and it's great. Like the guys who have been living on elephant Island have settled into a pretty good rhythm every day. They go up to this like hill and they look out to see if there's any ships coming. And then every day they just go back. (laughs) And at this point, like they've written in their writing in their diaries, not a single one of them believes that they're going to survive. Oh yeah, they all just figure we'll live here as long as we can, and <laughs> yeah. pretty soon, a couple winters maybe we'll yeah. be dead, right? And so they go like one day, this guy's going up to his little mountain pass, and he looks out and he's like, "Holy fucking shit! No there is a way. ship!" <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, and then Shackleton shows up and rescues them, and they're like just amazingly stoked obviously yeah they all thought they were gonna die it's been over two years since <laughs> yeah. they fucking went out on this expedition and none of them have died nobody like one guy his feet got really fucked up and frostbitten and oh, had to be I, removed yeah. but other than that they all survived fuck yeah and Shackleton got them all out of there there, there we go after two years well fuck man so that's the end of the journey then yeah yeah so what uh what happens next? Do they they got they just go home then and pretty much, yeah. yeah. Shackleton says like he knew at that point that he had failed in his mission, yeah. but that he had accomplished something, which was keep which some was of those far guys greater. Alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kept them all alive. Yeah, nobody died. And they had a cool story for us to tell. Yeah, man, pretty crazy shit. Yeah, I wish I could have gone into more detail about all the guys and their diaries and everything, but this would have been like a twelve-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I do highly recommend anyone that's interested in this story to go check out the book Endurance by Alfred Lansing. It is amazing. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's kind of an abrupt ending. Yeah. Well, I will tell you one of the guys who had been living on Elephant Island for the last like three months. He had uh, they had put up this like makeshift flag, like this you know post. Yeah. And he had tied one of his, uh, his like parka on it, his like rainproof one to, as like a flag for, yeah. for passing ships or anyone. You mean a little parka flag? As they're sailing away, he's looking back at his little parka flag. He's like, shit, I should have left, I should have grabbed that. And he's thinking to himself, like, he's almost fondly looking back at the island, but he thinks to himself, that flag will stay there for a couple more winters <laughs> yeah. until it's torn to ribbons and then it'll be nothing. They're pretty happy to get saved. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I probably would be too. Mm-hmm. But you know, they learned that the uh, the real accomplishment was friendship all along. Yes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think one of the striking things about that story is actually how happy the guys were for yeah. much of it. There were like a few really desperate moments, like going from the ice flows to Elephant Island. They all almost died. Like it was three days, no sleep, no water. They yeah. all almost died. <laughs> yeah. The last bit, Shackleton and his guys trying to get to uh, South Georgia Island, they came very, very close to dying. Very close to dying. <clears throat> Traveling over the mountains, they came very close to dying again. Yeah. But really, like, for much of it, there was monotony. There was a lot of waiting. But even in those times, like, they kept their shit together. They found simple pleasures. And they took some joy out of it. If you can take joy out of being stuck on the ice in the middle of the Antarctic, if they can find joy in that, then you can probably find joy in your stupid fucking nine to five, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. Moral <laughs> of the story. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, your joy, the beauty in your life, the joy is like where you find it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So well, don't get stuck up on fucking Instagram. Just like look at some leaves, appreciate green things and drinking water and lawns. Look forward to small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, <laughs> constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in event in event of success. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> they got honor and recognition even though Oh yeah, in the event they of failed. I wouldn't call it failure, but in the event of non success. Non success. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean failure obviously would have been them all dying yeah Yeah. so happened to many people how many dogs survived none of the dogs Mm. yeah i shouldn't have asked yeah (laughs) so there are like photos that they were salvaged from the wreck yeah there's photos actual photos of the endurance like in the ice yeah you can look it up i'm just gonna search endurance photos and see yeah there's the boat on its side hey there's the guys they took like a group photo dude they were hanging out 
They had yeah. like a great two-year vacation of almost dying. <laughs> Real relaxing vacation. Yeah. Tropical. They do say like when uh, the first guys like make it back to South Georgia Island, they, they kind of realize like that they've been living with this constant fear of death yeah. <laughs> for two years. <laughs> I know, right? And like they like it. don't even know how to like, as it, as it kind of comes off them, they all kind of break down and weep because like, yeah, I mean, the, they've just been under this tension. Yeah. And like, that'll definitely affect the them for life. Forever. Like, yeah. Oh my God. So traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, just our quick introduction, a little, little check-in with cool. Ernest Shackleton and the uh, Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition. Cool. I'm excited to see what's next for Mr. Ernie Shackleton. Yeah, fucking come back for episode four, which <laughs> yeah. won't be about him, but yeah. we'll revisit him, I'm sure, yeah. sometime. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad we did a little two-parter there. Yeah, one of the, you know, one of the, one of those guys that you've got to uh, view as uh, as an incredible leader just for getting 27 people through that situation alive. Yeah. I'd go so far as to call him a beautiful animal. Oh, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he belongs on this podcast. Yeah. He's one of the most beautiful animals out there, all despite those, all the seal clubbing he did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. seals are beautiful animals, but, you know, sometimes beautiful animals eat beautiful animals. It's just true. It's a beautiful animal eat beautiful animal world out there. <laughs> We'll cut that out. <laughs> We're gonna cut that out. Yeah. That's, that was, that. That was, that was a real flop. <laughs> I wouldn't call it failure, but it's, that was a non-success. That was a non-success. <laughs> yeah, we found out about that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, and yeah. uh, tune in again next week. Yeah, we'll have another one for We're you. We're gonna cover some more beautiful animals um, from history and uh, cover some non-beautiful also from animals. the future. Alrighty. Well, oh, we should open a forged cookie. We almost forgot. Oh, did you get a new forging cookie app? I got a new forged cookie app. Hopefully this one doesn't suck balls. Oh, good. Um, it does give me push notifications, which kind of pisses me off. Oh, cool. I have to log in with Facebook. This fucking... Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm. Better to ask twice than to get lost once. What does that mean to you? Yeah, just don't be afraid to ask for directions, I suppose. Uh, yeah, that has a that doesn't have a lot of deep wisdom. No, I mean, other than just getting lost, and you know, in in the Ar- in the Antarctic. Yeah, actually, I guess uh, that's kind of applicable. They should have asked the whalers. Yeah. Or they're like, hey, how does the ice look? They're like terrible. <laughs> the worst we've ever seen it. Yeah, they're like, well, we're gonna go anyway. They're like, you sure? Keep by. <laughs> They did go. But once they get on the ice, there's no one to ask for directions, I suppose. No. Just the sea leopards. Sea leopards. Sea leopards try to eat people. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, guys, if you're looking for directions, ask us twice. Ask us twice. And we will tell you to go to beautifulanimalpodcast at gmail.com and send us an email. Also, check us out at, what is it, beautifulanimalspod on Instagram? What's the Instagram handle? Uh, We haven't made it yet as of recording, but... We will uh, we'll let you know as soon as we know. Check us out on Instagram, Beautiful yeah. Animals Podcast. I'm sure if you search that, you'll find us. <laughs> yeah, you'll find something. Yeah. You might find otters. You'll find otters. <laughs> Lots yeah, of otters. So, Maybe you'll see lion. Stay hydrated out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't forget to juice it. Juice it. All right. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Catch her easy. That's how it goes. Catch her easy down, down <laughs> the trail boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Get yourself a boat and don't flip it. <laughs>